Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are continuing on in our sermon series called No Easy Answers. And throughout this series, we are exploring a problem that doesn't have an easy answer, and that's the problem of pain. And in this episode sermon, we're specifically going to be talking about the purpose of pain, why there's pain in the first place. And as hard as it is to believe, there actually is a purpose for why we experience pain. So let's get right into this episode sermon and let's see what the purpose of pain is. So over the last couple of weeks here at Melbourne Heights, we have been wrestling with a problem that has no easy answer. We have been wrestling with the problem of pain. And we've been wrestling with the problem of pain for a reason, and that reason is that we all experience pain in our lives. So every one of us has had to attend the funeral of someone that we love. Every one of us has watched a family member or a friend suffering in a hospital bed. Every one of us has stubbed our toes or bitten our tongues or twisted our ankles or gotten the flu. So every one of us has experienced pain in our lives. What if we lived in a world where there wasn't any pain at all? Have you ever wondered that? Seriously. What would the world be like without pain? What would the world be like without pain? What would the world be like if you never had to worry about stubbing your toe or biting your tongue again? What would the world be like if you never had to experience another migraine? What would the world be like if your arthritis didn't act up on you when the weather got bad? What would the world be like if you never had to worry about experiencing the pain of a broken bone? What would the world be like if there wasn't any pain in it? Now, I have a feeling that all of us wonder and we wish that we could live inside of a world without any pain at all. I mean, the reality is that if there was a world without any pain in it whatsoever, all of us would want to sign up for that kind of world right away. I mean, I know that I would love to sign up for that kind of world. Give me a world where I never have to worry about my planter's fasciitis flaring up again on me after I've gone for a run. Give me a world where I don't have to worry about knowing that the weather's going to change because I get a pain in my left knee. Give me a world where I never have to slow down because I get a headache or a stomach ache never keeps me up at night. Give me a world where I don't have to worry about pain. That's the kind of world that I would love to live in. And wouldn't you love to live in that kind of world too? Wouldn't you love to live in a world without any pain? Of course you All of us would love to live in a world without any pain, because for most of us, we define pain as unpleasantness. Pain is a nuisance. Pain is obnoxious. Pain is something that keeps us from living our lives the way that we want to live them and doing the things that we want to do. And when we think about pain, we can't really figure out why there's any pain at all. So if you press most of us and you ask us if God made any one mistake when he created the heavens and the earth, a lot of us would say that pain is the mistake that God made. We wish we lived in a world without any pain because there just doesn't seem to be a point for pain. There doesn't seem to be a point for pain. So we wish that we could live in a world without any pain at all. But what you may not know is that there are actually people that are living in the world today that don't experience any pain 
whatsoever. According to the Centers for Disease Control, there are between 2 and 3 million people living in the world today who have something called Hansen's disease. Now, you may feel like you've never heard about Hansen's disease before, but I actually have a feeling that there's not a single person that's worshiping with us today, whether you're joining us online or you're sitting in this room with us right now, who hasn't actually heard of Hansen's disease. And that's because before this disease was renamed after the Norwegian doctor who discovered the root cause of it, this disease was known as leprosy. But it is worth pointing out that the leprosy that we read about in the Bible that we're familiar with isn't exactly the same kind of leprosy, the same thing that Hansen's disease actually is today. And that's because the, the leprosy that we talk about inside of the Bible is more of a catch-all term that refers to any number of different skin conditions or ailments. So the closest thing we have to this in our English language today is when somebody says they have a rash. Now, you may have a rash that's caused by eczema or psoriasis. You may have a rash that's the result of having being bitten by a bug or having an allergic reaction to something. That's kind of what leprosy refers to in the Bible. It could be any number of skin conditions. But when we're talking about Hansen's disease, we're talking about something very specific. We're talking about a disease that's caused by a bacterial infection. This bacterial infection, it attacks your nervous system, and it causes you to not be able to feel any pain whatsoever. And it's because people aren't able to experience any pain whatsoever that we commonly think of leprosy and we associate it with the loss of limbs or appendages. Now, leprosy doesn't directly cause anyone to lose their limbs or their appendages. What it does is it causes you to lose sensation fingers, your toes, your arms, your legs, and then because you can't feel pain in them, you do something that causes permanent damage to that part of your body that may result in losing those limbs or appendages. This is actually something that the renowned Dr. Paul Brand discovered while he was working with people with leprosy in India. Now, when Dr. Brand began his work in India, he began the same way that most doctors who were working with patients with leprosy did at the time. He spent most of his time bandaging the wounds and the injuries of his patients, only to see them come back a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two later with far worse injuries than the one that he had spent all of his time treating. So at first, Dr. Brand made the assumption that most of the people working with folks with leprosy did at the time. He assumed that this bacterial infection not only weakened a person's nervous system, but it also did something where it attacked healthy muscle and tissue, causing permanent damage. But soon, Dr. Brand changed course a little bit, and he started questioning all of his patients when they were coming in to see him, asking him to treat the different wounds that they had. And there was a reason for that. Dr. Brand started asking them about the kinds of activities and things that they were doing that, that led up to their injury. Because at one point, Dr. Brand looked out and he noticed one of his patients do something that is completely unimaginable for almost all of us. He watched as his patient took his hand and reached into a roaring coal fire, stuck his hand right in the middle of that roaring fire to pull out a potato that somebody else had dropped. As soon as Dr. Brand saw what this patient was doing, he knew that he was going to have to immediately start treating this person's injury. But he also realized that this person's injury wasn't the result of his leprosy. It was the result of him sticking his hand directly into a fire. And because he could not feel the sensation of pain, he did irreparable damage without even realizing it 
something similar happened with another one of his patients who was out working in the garden. And as this patient was taking a shovel and turning over the ground, Dr. Brand looked and he realized that the patient had blood dripping from his hand. Immediately, Dr. Brand rushed over and he stopped his patient from his work. And Dr. Brand started examining the shovel the patient had been working with. And he found that there was a nail sticking directly out of the handle where the man had been holding it in his hand. So again, this man did permanent damage to his hand without even realizing it because he couldn't feel the sensation of pain. Now, believe it or not, that's what the world would actually be like without pain in it. Without pain in the world, we wouldn't all enter into some sort of state of permanent euphoria where we never had to worry about stubbing our toe or twisting our ankle again. Without pain, we would live in a world where we could do serious damage to ourselves, irreparable harm to our body, without even realizing it, simply because we couldn't feel the sensation of pain. So as hard as it may be to believe, Morris, there is actually a reason why we experience pain. There is a purpose for our pain. Pain is a warning system that lets us know that something is wrong and it needs our immediate attention. Pain is a warning system that lets us know that something is wrong and that it needs our immediate attention. Now, this isn't just true for physical pain. This is true for every type of pain that you can think about. This is true for physical pain. It's true for emotional pain. It's true for psychological pain. It's true for spiritual pain. All pain is a warning sign that something is wrong and it needs our immediate attention. But that still doesn't explain why pain has to hurt, does it? I mean, if pain is just a warning system to let us know that something is wrong and it needs our immediate attention, then why can't pain work like the warning systems that we have in our cars, right? I mean, my car doesn't try to slam my fingers in the door to let me know that the oil needs to be changed. Or it doesn't try to run over my foot to let me know that the tire pressure is running a little bit low. What happens when your car has something going on that needs your immediate attention? You get a little warning light that goes off in your dashboard. And the best part is that light actually tells you exactly what's wrong and needs your immediate attention. So, why can't pain work the same way for us? If it's just a warning system for us, then why can't we just have a little light that goes on to let us know that something is wrong? Or why can't we have maybe a little alarm that beeps telling us that something needs our immediate attention? Why can't we have something that is more pleasant than the pain that we experience? All pain is is a warning system to let us know that something is wrong. Well, this brings me back to Dr. Brand and his work. Because uh, as a result of the fact that he was a renowned expert in leprosy and his understanding and the root cause of it, Dr. Brand once received a grant worth millions of dollars to try to develop an artificial pain system. Now, we don't have time to dig into all of the project that Dr. Brand undertook. There's a small component of this project that I want to share with you today. And Philip Yancey writes about this in his book, Where is God When It Hurts? So this is what Yancey writes. He says, at first, Dr. Brand saw the way to make his artificial pain system work without actually hurting a patient. He had read the complaints of various philosophers against the creative world. Why hadn't God designed a nervous system that protects us, but without the unpleasant aspect of pain? Here was his chance to improve on the original design with a protective system that did not hurt. So 
the first Steen tried sending an audible signal to a hearing aid, a signal that would hum when tissue was receiving normal pressures, but it would buzz loudly when they were actually in danger. But the signal proved too easy to ignore. If a patient with a damaged hand was turning a screwdriver too hard and the loud warning signal went off, he simply ignored that loud warning signal and keep turning that screwdriver anyway. This happened not one time, but many times. People who didn't feel pain could not be persuaded to trust these artificial sensors. Brands team next tried blinking lights, but soon they eliminated, eliminated those for the same reason. Finally, they had to resort to electric shock, taping the electrodes to a part of the body that was still sensitive, if such as the artery. People had to be forced to respond. Being alerted to danger wasn't enough. The stimulus had to be unpleasant, just like pain is unpleasant. So, there is a purpose for our pain. Pain is a warning system that lets us know that something is wrong and it needs our immediate attention. But pain has to hurt because it's not enough to just alert us that something needs attention. We also have to be forced to do something about it. And when you stop and you think about it for a minute, it makes perfect sense. I mean, when you think about the warning system that we all have inside of our cars that let us know that something is wrong, how many times do we ignore those little warning lines when they start going off? I mean, I'm willing to bet right now that there is somebody worshiping with us right now, whether you're here in person or worshiping with us online, who has had the check engine light going off in your car for weeks, if not months, maybe even years. And why does that happen? Because it's easy to look past that little warning line that's there. I mean, the truth of the matter is, we do the best that we can to ignore the pain that we have that's alerting us to a more serious problem. Like, how many of you have ever put off visiting the dentist when you've had a toothache? I mean, I know I have. There have been plenty of times in my life where I've popped a couple of aspirin or maybe some Advil to alleviate that pain so that I could go about my normal day and forget that I was having that problem with my tooth altogether. But you know what happens when you ignore pain, right? You're aware of what happens when you ignore pain. It keeps getting worse. And it keeps getting worse until eventually you have to pay attention to it. M. Scott Peck, who was a psychiatrist and the author who wrote the book, The Road Less Traveled, explains it this way. But he writes, the symptoms and the illness are the same thing. The illness exists long before the symptoms. Rather, the symptoms are at the beginning of its cure. The fact that they are unwanted makes them all the more a phenomenon of grace a gift of God, a message from the unconscious, if you will, to initiate self-examination and repair. So for M. Scott Peck, the symptom, which is the pain that we've been talking about throughout the sermon series, it's actually a gift of God's grace to us. The pain is not the illness. The pain is the symptom that is going to lead to our cure. This is why Dr. Paul Brand has actually said it. This brings me back to what we talked about last Sunday at Valentine's. If you're here, you remember that we spent most of our time together talking about the things that we as people say to each other when we're talking with someone who is experiencing pain and suffering in their lives. But we finished our time together last Sunday by taking a look at what God had to say to Job 
When Job was asking God those hard questions about the pain that he was experiencing, if you remember what God said to Job, God essentially reminds Job that God is God and we are not. God is God and we are not. So that means that there are some things that we are simply never going to be able to understand or appreciate, no matter how much time we spend thinking about them and wrestling with them. And pain just happens to be one of those things. I mean, no matter how much time you spend thinking about pain and trying to wrap your mind around the fact that pain is actually a good thing, none of us are ever going to appreciate pain. I mean, the next time that I stub my toe or bite my tongue or twist my ankle, I don't think that I am going to be bowing down, praising God for the pain that is surging through my body. It's just not going to happen. And I don't expect that one sermon is going to change the way that I feel about pain. I don't ex- expect that one sermon is going to change the way that you feel about pain. I don't expect that one sermon is going to change the way that any of us feel about pain. I mean, the simple truth is that when this sermon finishes, we're all still going to hate having pain in our lives. When this sermon finishes, we are all still going to try to alleviate the pain that we experience as quickly as we possibly can. And when this sermon ends, none of us are going to sound anything like in Scott Pat, who thinks that pain is a gift of God's graciousness to us, or we're not going to join with Paul Brand and say, thank you, God, for the pain that we have. But just because we're not going to appreciate pain and be thankful for it, doesn't mean that God messed up when God allowed pain to be part of this world. And that actually reminds me of something that God says in the book of Isaiah. So if you will, you go ahead and grab your Bibles and you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55. And as you're finding Isaiah chapter 55, let me tell you a little bit more about what's happening in this passage. So when this passage is written, the people of Israel are living in exile in the Babylonian what that means is that the Babylonian Empire had come, they had invaded, and they had conquered Israel. And they had then forced the prominent people living in Israel, the king, the religious leaders, the scribes, the scholars, they had forced them away from their homes, and they were now scattered out living all around the Babylonian Empire. And the people of Israel, they're wrestling with this, they're trying to make sense out of this, they're wondering why they were invaded and conquered. They're wondering why they were scattered and forced to live in exile. They're wondering why this bad thing had happened to them. So in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, God responds to the people of Israel. And this is what God says to them. He says, My plans aren't your plans, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my plans than your plans. So in these couple of verses, God doesn't try to justify what the people of Israel have been going through. God doesn't try to explain to them why they had been conquered. God doesn't try to clarify why they were living in captivity. What does God say in this passage? God simply says, my ways aren't like your ways. My thoughts aren't like your thoughts. So once again, God is telling us that there are simply some things that are beyond our understanding. And even though we can kind of sort of start wrapping our minds around the fact that there is a reason why there's pain in this world, there's a reason why there's pain in our lives, doesn't mean we're ever going to appreciate the pain that we experience. 
doesn't mean that pain in and of itself is a bad thing. But, and this is probably the most important thing that I'm going to say today, so I really want to listen to this. Pain becomes a bad thing for us when we let it separate us from God. So in and of itself, pain isn't a bad thing, but pain becomes a bad thing when we let it separate us from God. Now take the story that we've been exploring the last couple of weeks in Melbourne Heights as an example, the story of Claudia Clarkson. If you remember Claudia's story, she was a newlywed who was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, cancer of the lymph glands. And when she was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, Claudia was initially given a 50% chance to live. So, what Claudia was going through, the pain that she was experiencing, it was unpleasant pain that was a symptom of her disease. But it was this pain, this, this pain that she was experiencing that actually alerted her that something was wrong in her body that needed immediate attention. So it was this pain that drew Claudia to the hospital to seek treatment. And even after she received treatment, even after her surgeons cut out and removed all of the cancer from her body, Claudia Claxton continued to experience pain as her body's way of saying, you need to slow down and you need to take the time to heal. So, Claudia Claxton's pain was every bit as unpleasant as any pain that you have ever experienced in your life, maybe even worse. But Claudia Claxton's pain is actually what led to her diagnosis, what led to her discovery that she had Hodgkin's disease. Claudia Claxton's pain is what allowed her to be diagnosed and to be treated. So Claudia Claxton's pain actually saved her life. So Claudia Claxton's pain, hard as it is to believe, was actually a good thing for her. But it easily could have become a bad thing for her as well. If Claudia had turned and started asking, why is such a bad thing happening to a good person like me? Why is God allowing me to suffer like this? Why does God allow suffering in this world at all? It could have been very easy for Claudia Claxton's pain to start driving a wedge into her relationship with God. And I've seen it happen. Over the course of the almost 15 years that I've been in ministry now, I have seen pain drive a wedge between people and their relationship with God. I have sat with who have not been able to walk through the doors of a church since September 11, 2001, when terrorists attacked our country and killed almost 3,000 people. I have spent time with folks who haven't been able to utter a single word in prayer since the death of a spouse or child. I've been with people that have thrown their faith completely out the window when they were diagnosed with a debilitating disease. It's because of this. It's because our pain can easily drive a wedge into our relationship with God that we have to talk about. We can't ignore the problem of pain, which is what we often do inside of the church. We have to talk about the problem of pain. And we can't just talk about it in an abstract or theoretical way. We have to talk about the problem of pain in a personal way. We have to talk about the problem of pain in a productive way so that we know. We already know how we can respond to pain before we experience it in our lives. And so that we can help other people before they experience pain or as they're going through it as well. It's like the Apostle Paul says in the letter that he wrote 
that's living in City Rock. I shared with you at the beginning of our service today. And Paul says this, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death, not life, not angels, rulers, not present things, future things, not powers or height or depth or anything that is created. You know what? Paul is absolutely right. Nothing can keep God from loving us, but pain can keep us from loving God. Nothing can keep God from loving us, but our pain can keep us from loving God. So we have to find a new way forward. We have to find a better way forward to deal with the problem of pain, a way that helps us when we experience pain in our lives, and a way that helps us as we help other people they face pain in their lives as well. So that's what we're going to do starting next Sunday. This week we spent our time talking about where pain comes from, why it exists, what purpose it has. But next Sunday we're going to start finding that path forward, a path that is personal, a path that is productive, a path that helps us as we experience pain, a path that helps other people as well. As we come to you in this time of prayer, we thank you for the stories that we've heard of today. We thank you for the stories that Dr. Paul Brand shares that help us better understand the purpose of pain. And the fact that pain is a warning system that alerts us that something is wrong needs our immediate attention. But we also know that our pain, even though it has a purpose, that it can also drive a wedge between us and you. We know that we allow our pain question, challenge, to ask the questions of why that never can be answered. So instead, God, we need to find another path forward, a path where we can set aside the questions of why and start figuring out how we can move forward, how we can address the problems of pain in our world. And the reality is, it's never going to be easy. Dealing with pain is never easy. Dealing with the problems that come up as a result of our pain is never easy. These are real things that every single one of us struggle with. Real questions that we ask, real problems that we need to be able to deal with. But God help us as we try to find this path together. We pray all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has helped you to see what the purpose of pain is. But I also hope that it's helped you to see that we need to find a new way to think about pain, to deal with this problem in our lives. We need to find a way that helps us whenever we're experiencing pain, and we need to find a new way forward that allows us to help other people as well. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about in our next sermon. So I hope that you'll come back and join us next week when that episode drops, where we start talking about this new path forward and how we can deal with pain. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that will be sent straight to your favorite podcast podcasting app and you're also invited to come and worship with us every Sunday morning. You can join us on our church website at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We worship at 1030 Eastern Time and we would love to have you come and join us. Well until next time I hope that you guys have a great week and we will see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.